Welcome to Natural Nonsense. We already started with nonsense. <laughs> but um, it's me, Andre, and, and the homie Kyler. We here again. Um, the homie? <laughs> it's the homie Kyler. <laughs> I'm going to put that as like your, uh, your name in my phone, the homie Kyler. That's going to be your new name in my phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, welcome. Episode six. Um, about to listen to some voice memos today. Um, looking at our votes for best animal companions in movies. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about like support and social media today, and then gonna get into some cool beans and highlight some black folks that's doing some great work. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. All right. So the hyphy doc is returning this week. Can't wait to hear what the hyphy doc has to say uh definitely a great supporter of natural nonsense you see andre getting hypey <laughs> on a video um but let's go ahead and listen to what the hyphy doc has for us this week all right check it so my sidekick is going to be a canadian timberwolf their name is going to be kg duh and all you need to know is cross a stark dire wolf with Airbud. You ain't seeing us on the streets or on the courts, and I'm saving hell on gas. Number two, in regards to gladiator sports and accepted violence, love that convo. Think it needs to be talked about more. And I honestly feel like a lot would be different if we just add this one tweak in that anybody who is allowed to make any have any say on the rules, regulations, and compensation, for example, of the NFL and their players, they need to go through a physical simulation of getting hit across the middle by Ray Lewis. The same way that I feel like anybody who can even vote or have a say on women's health needs to go through a physical simulation of childbirth. Because I bet you then people would think twice about this nonsense. Hey, well, well, I just got to give a round of applause for that. I, I To the point, direct. Wow, gotta love the hyphy dog. Now the the dire the dire wolf airbud situation really threw me for like at first I was like, hey no, that would be the perfect sidekick. Like I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, man, yeah. Um, and then saving money on gas sent me. <laughs> nah, for real, cause like, bro, cause I don't. You haven't seen Game of Thrones though, huh? I have not. Dire wolves are just like gigantic as wolves. And yeah, they just gigantic as wolves. So that makes with Airbud. I I I agree. Like that's that's a solid setup. Like KG, the 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 wolf. Yeah, that's a solid one. But yeah, I definitely agree, like uh on just the body the autonomy part. Because mm-hmm. I think that gets into the gladiatorism too in a way, but it's like the body autonomy and how we're set up in a society where folks not impacted by things get to make decisions based on things. And I think that's just something that's important to kind of just keep in mind, like what types of decisions are, are being made by folks who actually don't have any knowledge of it. Like, like for example, the last presidency, the, the person leading education uh, for the Department of Education had no, like, 
had no background in education, like had great credentials in other areas, but had nothing in education. It's kind of like, what are we doing here? You know, so. Yeah, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, though, because we both work in education. And I think that we know a lot about uh, people who don't have a background in education or experience or skills in education, and they trying to be educators. But uh, that might have to be a, another yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's going to have to be podcast. I could probably talk for, we might have to make it part one, part two, part three. Good gracious. Good gracious, indeed. Um, but Cam got me wanting to change my animal. I kind of want the wolf from Thor Ragnarok now, because mm. it was throwing down. And that thing was huge. Our direwolf was bigger than that wolf, because I don't think so. I'm trying to, I don't think because the one the the direwolves are closer to probably like the size of a tiger or like a lion. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the wolf in Thor Ragnarok is like the size of my apartment building. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's not that big. It's not. It's not like Clifford. <laughs> By the way, why did they make that movie? But anyway, we can just another subject for another day. But jeez, that creepy ass movie. Look, um, man, I, I I just feel like some things don't need to be made. Like I love Clifford watching it as a kid. Oh, of course. The animation, but they didn't need to that big old nah. What was no, her name? No. What was her name? Emily Elizabeth. Yeah, Emily Elizabeth, the white ass name. But yeah. definitely did not need to see <laughs> that movie be like it was actually terrifying seeing those previews. But, but yeah. Um, but I also wanted to us to be able to talk about something else that the hyphy the hyphy dog going for MVP of the Natural Nonsense Listener Pod. I shall say, uh, because the hyphy dog sent us this video of Jordan Peele talking about uh, aliens and all things related to his newest movie, Nope. Don't worry, this does not contain any Nope spoilers if any of y'all have not seen Nope. Uh, but we wanted to go ahead and play this clip of Jordan Peele, which shows in my theory that Jordan Peele will be listening to natural nonsense. So please I hold. I think so too, honestly. <laughs> movies. I was I was ready to add some. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I I you know I do believe in UFOs. I'm I'm just I want to say that, I, or I, I believe in aliens, mm -hmm. and I believe in life that is not us in this universe. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes I think if aliens came down, like I would turn on all of y'all. <laughs> oh, interesting. Like in a heartbeat, and it. <laughs> It's not, it's not because I don't like you, but I feel like there might be room for like one prime human on the alien side. So planet. he made a movie. And so I made a movie and I would make that move. That's all I'm saying. I don't, um, no. So you basically made a movie that you'd have to show them if it ever I happened. I just don't know if there's aliens out there. I already don't know whose side I'm on. That's all I'm saying. It's very honest of you Usher to come down. right out and say it. <laughs> Hey. It's very honest. <laughs> hey, bar for bar, word for word, the whole flow. We 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 was, we was ahead of you. We was ahead of you, Jordan. We already knew this. I but I knew this as soon as we had the. He, he, it seems like there's some trepidation. Yeah, he a little hesitant. He's like, I don't know what side I'm on. Nah, like I because I just don't <laughs> see any rational like explanation for why I should side on humanity. Oh no, no. I mean, like, no, no. 
I don't think there will be room like the, the one prime human. Like, nah, I mean they they going we we know some stuff that they not gonna know. I mean, you can only read so much. So I think there will be there's seven billion of us. I don't think they'd have a reason to exterminate us. Why? They got all the technology to get extermination is something that never mind. I'm gonna go on a whole nother tangent, but it's a representation of white America's projections onto aliens that they would inherently be conquering as people because they was conquering as people. But hey, <laughs> it's what it is. Natural nonsense contains uh, adult content for adult minds who need to understand the real inner workings of the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but let's, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you got it. I was going to say, let's get into this intro question. We, we had uh, on the IG, we were talking about animal companions uh, in movies and stuff like that. Um, and so my list, we, we both got some lists of, you know, like our nominations, um, some listener nominations I'll share first. Uh, first, we got all the animals in Avatar. Um, I feel like that's a great point. There's, I don't know what it is about the avatar uh, bio biodiversity, but I would love to have them as pets. Cause I mean, hey, the pets we got, they cool, but dang, like <laughs> I would definitely mess with the, the, the avatar, the avatar ones. And then Hedwig and, and Fox and uh, Harry Potter. Um, I feel like, especially when it comes to the different levels of just animals in Harry Potter, like the owls be on it, man, the owls be on it. Like the owls would be there before people that got cell phones. So I got, I don't, I don't know how they get there. I don't know how they, <laughs> I don't know how they find their path. I don't know how, you know, something don't get them on the way, but there's gotta be more behind the story with that journey in between places and, JK rolling yeah. on some on some other stuff, but I would love to have like a little side mission book about what the what the uh what the owls be up to. Did we not talk about that in the uh, Fantastic Beast movies? I have no idea. I have not seen them, so I'm I haven't seen them. Asking. No, I haven't yeah. seen them. But even even still, like Fantastic Beast is kind of more like a prologue. Mm. So like even still they're still not like they, they they would give little insights but it wouldn't it still wouldn't be like as in depth as like a book just because like in yeah. the harry potter books there's so much they leave out of movies of just like two three pages explaining something and then you just kind of know but um and then uh stitch from lilo and stitch i it's a little controversial for me myself but <laughs> i just would think that the one that can destroy the whole city block might not be the best companion. Hey, it depends <laughs> on your definition of best. Like, yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm if I got some international, you know, alien cops, because that movie was another level of uh, <laughs> police brutality because they international intergalactic cops coming <laughs> coming to get <laughs> coming to get him. But hey, um. I definitely would want Stitch on my team, but like the practicality is where I'm just like, okay, like what about a random Tuesday at 11 a.m.? I don't know. That's just my thing. 
That's fair. That's fair. And then we got Abu from Aladdin. That was another one that folks played. And I'm I'm not mad at that. Abu, Abu really was head on a swivel. I think that was Abu's best quality. Yeah, that is that is very true. I want to get Ashley's uh direct quote about Abu though on out of the comments because she said Dang, IG really not messing with me. It ain't going to show me the comments while I'm trying to pull up the comments. That's real foul. Um, What did Ashley say here? Ashley said, had that nigga back the whole time. Real ones only. I think. That succinctly said what I said, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So, hold on, Ashley. You want to share your nominations first? Yeah. Uh, You want me to go one by one or you want me to just go ahead and get a whole list? Let's go one by one. One by one? All right. So I'm going to start with a very niche one because not a lot of people have seen this movie. And in my personal opinion, it's one of the greatest like dog movies of all time. I looked up the Rotten Tomato score. It's only at like 44%, but what do they know? Um, <laughs> but the, the movie is called Good Boy and the dog is called Hubble and Good Boy. Uh, the non-spoiler synopsis of Good Boy is this alien or the spaceship crashes on earth and hubble hops up out the spaceship and he's on a mission by his masters uh to figure out what dogs up to on planet earth and like what's the relationship with dogs and humans looking like it's a really fun movie very corny like i'm not gonna sit here and act like it's not a corny ass movie but i love this movie so if you have not seen good boy highly recommend checking it out if you like it i put you on if you don't like it nobody asked you but yeah, Hubble is my first nomination. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get into Hubble. I don't, I don't know nothing about Good Boy. Uh, so maybe that's to... our first movie night, our first hey, summer movie night. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, my first nomination uh, is Battle Cat from Thundercats. I know it's an old cartoon and everybody ain't really hip, but Thundercats is one of them ones. Um, really confusing how they haven't come out with a Thundercats movie. They are remaking every damn thing. <laughs> but I ain't seen not one Thundercat movie. Like, it's just kind of weird. Hey, I'm not in charge of movie studios, but hey, I don't know. But anyway, Battlecat is like, because the Thundercats are different cats, like different big cats people humanoid things it's you gotta watch it to kind of get it but anyway um battle cat is kind of like a little fearful and very um paying attention to detail like i don't think we should do this (laughs) lionel because lionel is like the kind of the main character Mm -hmm. i don't think we should do this uh seems a little sketchy but as soon as lionel say thunder thunder Thundercats, ho! Battle Cat get busy immediately. Like it's a transformation. Like the the scary cat suddenly becomes this like ten foot long tiger thing with battle gear, and it ain't no more being scary. He he TTG immediately. He ready like ready immediately, and there's no there's no hesitation. You feel me? And I think that is a very valuable quality when it comes to a sidekick is just like being ready on a moment's notice when it's necessary. Cause like, yeah, while, while we chilling, do you need to be battle cat while we just sitting here? No, 
But if something pop off, I need you to get ready. And Battle Cat be getting ready. So that's my first nominee. I'm happy that this is just a list of like our nominations for like favorites because if our animals had to like fight or duke it out or anything, my team's not winning. Like, un unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you, you don't think Hubble got hands? <laughs> Hubble don't got hands, but he got some. He got some tricks, but he ain't got hands. Like I, I'm not putting Hubble up against Thundercat for as much as I love Hubble. Um, it's it's just not happening. But my second nomination, uh, last two couple that I have were both like just classic like family movies. You throw the VHS and the VCR, you chilling, got some popcorn, watching a movie. Uh, number two is Beethoven. Um, Beethoven is just he's he's the OG. Like he's an OG, like just a big family dog. And then when we want to talk about titans in the movie industry. Beethoven got more movies than Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I, I feel like there's Beethoven got like it's got to be 15 movies like I mean not even Captain like is it it has to be right it's got to be at least 15 because I mean there's the Christmas ones and then there's just Beethoven first second third fourth fifth sixth seven like Beethoven had a run I don't know if it's all the same Beethoven dog I don't know that but so Beethoven has eight movies eight movies that's hey it's a lot. It feels like more. I mean, there's uh, Harry Potter and Beethoven got the same number of movies. You didn't hear? Hey, that's just facts. <laughs> that's just facts. That is just facts. Um, but I feel like Beethoven was one of the first like dog movies that I watched, and it was just like, dang, like I felt like I feel like I know Beethoven. Like he cool, he big, lovable. Uh, also taught me a lot about Saint Bernard. It's like they big as shit. They are oh. big as shit. Yeah. Why well, I will never have one. <laughs> yeah just never like i remember when i first started watching beethoven i was like dang i want one i think my dad was like i, I think you need to realize how big it was but this is where the movies i feel did a really good job because they would show the family picking up after beethoven and i'm like oh i never ever want to clean up after a beethoven ass dog because that's a lot of shit <laughs> literally <huh? laughs> literally, <laughs> literally a lot of shit um no, nah, I feel you on Beethoven. So my my next one is uh Daxter from Jack and Daxter. So um I call it Jack and Dexter. I um I saw the eight just now when we was researching. I was like, it was Daxter the whole time. Ugh. Wow. <laughs> uh but I really for one, I know it's from a video game, but if you've never had a PlayStation 2. This game, when it came out, was like elite graphics. Like the gameplay was out of this world, like the stuff that they was doing. And I feel like, like Jack be going through kind of a lot of dark stuff sometimes just through the journey. But hey, Daxter be supporting, supporting the mission, supporting, making sure everything get done. You know what I'm saying? Collecting what he can collect. You know what I'm saying? So. I, I I think Daxter's a solid companion to to keep on my on my hip for for sure for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. I think it's very funny. Like in retrospect, like what's considered like really good graphics and what's not. Because like I feel like the Jack and Daxter graphics they are actually both really good for when Jack and Daxter came out, but also like comparatively, like it's not 
bad compared to like what's available now. Like they they made a valiant effort on the graphics back then. For two thousand one, yeah. Because like, I mean, <laughs> if solid. you get a game, we was just talking about video games. You get a game now in two thousand twenty two, and the loading screen don't work, or the or the, the it be stuff missing out of the loading screen, or and I'm just like, wait, bro, y'all released this game like. Oh, well, we're about to patch it with an update. What? Like, we gonna have to have a whole separate thread yeah. on video games too, because I just, I sometimes I really miss just popping in the N sixty four cartridge and the game starts. Yeah, ain't no loading screen. Cause I, like you buy the new two K, you gotta wait an hour for it to download to your system. Then you gotta install the updates, and then once it's installed, it's like, oh, you can only play the training mode because we still gotta install the rest of the game. Uh, it's too much um man what are we on tangent number five of the podcast hey natural nonsense baby <laughs> amen to that uh but my third and final nomination also my favorite nomination i would say is the goat himself air but one of the greatest athletes of all time i think he Bar should none. be in multiple <laughs> he should be in multiple hall of fames by now Smith, football hall of fame uh soccer hall of fame all of it all of them and his kids who too so like yeah. legacy I just, it's, they talk michael about jordan's son ain't in the league hey hey and they talk about the curries i don't hear enough about air bud that's all i'm gonna say man I, I, if i'm going if i'm going pound for pound like air bud got a got a got a got a dynasty going of just legacy right there so i'm not gonna hold yeah. you yeah like the air bud movies like I think just seeing a dog like hoop, like I don't even, I haven't watched any of those movies in a long time. I don't know what the quality of like the special effects and what not look like, but at the time I was like, man, I want to hoop with my dog. <laughs> Bruh, cause there's people that I will hoop with that I will only hoop with. I don't know if you've had this experience, but like oh, yeah. never, never would I want to kick it after. Like we exclusively hoop and then that is it, bro. I don't ever, I couldn't imagine being in any proximity of, of like i'm glad we got this 94 feet of this court like air bud I could, after the game we could kick it like ray you want to get a pup cup let's go get a pup cup dog <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying like hey i feel you on that you <clears> we on can that. go to the beach afterwards like all that and after a bad game like i'm gonna still be cool with air bud and air bud's still gonna be a good boy Airbud is clutch. He just we rock with Airbud, and also Matt. I add as a future NBA, current NBA, depending on when you listen to this episode. Um, elite golden retriever propaganda. Oh yeah, they they got it down. They got it down. <laughs> like I legit thought every golden retriever was like Airbud. Like. I didn't have a, and then I was like, oh, it's because of the Air Bud movies. And then it's like, oh, like, this is how propaganda works. But because you know how much a purebred golden retriever costs? Yeah, it is definitely something you don't need to go into that bank account for, for sure. But what's your third? So my third. It's like I know some folks like they talked about they talked about it too on the nominations. But Donkey from Shrek, like I relate to Shrek so much, and I don't understand why. I don't know what it 
what's in the minutiae of the writing of Shrek. I relate to Shrek so much in my day-to-day life of just wanting to be at my swamp and wanting to <laughs> wanting everybody to leave me the hell alone <laughs> and just like doing my thing, man. But sometimes you need donkey, man, to just have that have that comedic um comedic relief of life. You know what I'm saying? I think there's not enough of that. Like there needs to be more donkey moments in people's lives. Um, but I think a donkey too really gonna ride or die like donkey faced a dragon i don't know how many people gonna be facing the facing a dragon for me i'm just saying like he I faced the dragon and he also had kids with this yeah that i i still am <laughs> i'm still kind of just i'm lost on that like it's like the on spongebob with the sponge plus uh starfish equals clam like that's how my brain goes every time with that, but by any means necessary, I guess, you know what I'm saying? They had to get out of there some kind of way, and, you know, he was going to do what he had to do so they could leave, you know what I'm saying? So definition of taking one from the team, yeah, he a little annoying, but hell, Shrek was hella annoying. I don't know, like, it was kind of really force-fed how annoying Donkey was, but yeah. could you imagine not being able to talk for the amount of miles they had it wasn't like they drove to uh what is it do lock they didn't drive there they didn't even have horses they were supposed to walk in silence all the way to lord farquaad man that's annoying it's like why that don't even make sense so i think everybody needs some donkey energy sometimes just to just to get especially with how much shrek energy we get out here so but yeah i'm not making waffles with donkey though we're not doing that he was doing too much after they got married and he was like yeah let's all get like all right donkey now you're gonna have to get up out of here bro that's what i was gonna say you can't leave out making waffles in the morning that's the most important part of the (laughs) the donkey companionship um but i think donkey is definitely an elite pick uh best voice actor out of the picks for sure um so yeah we got we got some good animals here we got some good nominations here like i said i'm not really trying to fight your team but if you're trying to hoop i think we got you like oh yeah y'all would have it on hooping daxter that's 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 already three on two already um daxter's not hooping um and then Battle Cat, unless I make him like, you know, I do the little thunder, 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 thundercast hoe, he gonna be scared to hoop anyway. So then he ain't gonna have no use out there. Um, and then if I do that, he gonna be trying to kill everybody. So he can't we can't hoop with your retract <laughs> your your claws all retracted and, and shit. like we can't hoop now. Um donkey for sure is not hooping, like <laughs> just not. And as much as Draymond Green wants to say that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we got to move on. Okay. We gotta move on. <laughs> as much as. <laughs> we know he looked like Donkey from Shake. It's okay. It's okay. But, yeah. we. Hyphy definitely... Doc, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you're ignorant for that one. You you knew you weren't supposed to say that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did I do that? 
<laughs> but whew, oh, I'm so mad at you for saying that. As soon as you said Draymond, I'm like, no, he not. <laughs> I even was about to give you the benefit of the doubt. I was like, maybe Draymond says something. I was like, nah, I know where he's going with this. Um, geez. Well, I needed that laugh, though. I needed that laugh. But we got these nominations. Uh, make sure y'all tune in to our social media channels at Nat Nonsense Pod. Uh, I'll throw up some type of poll, graphic, audio. Y'all see something on Twitter, TikTok, IG, Spotify. Uh, but make sure y'all tap into that so we can see who who y'all think is the best out of these. Yeah, for sure. And comment, man. We we want to hear from y'all. Just just give us that interaction. Um. But just to get into the topics, we're going to talk about, like, our interactions with support in a digital media age. Um, so, like, for one, we're going to talk about just, like, celebrity culture and what that looks like. And then um, how to support look like in the social media age and also COVID age, because I think that's another layer that kind of throws a wrench in it, too. Um, and then how to make social media work for you, you know what I'm saying? So, um, the first thing of just the celebrities, I think there's just an infatuation with celebrity culture where we have a society of extreme disparities between the folks that have and the folks that have not. And, um, and the entertainment energy industry, especially the idea is to, kind of like build up these people to be exceptional to the human standard so like if you can sing really good you can dance really good you can you know play basketball whatever it is that entertains people then suddenly you are devoid of I guess normal human compassion but also normal human accountability and like normal human just interactions because I think when it comes to especially like folks' interactions on social media with each other, um, I think there's a layer to it where these media companies, if it's what Meta or TikTok or whatever, um, there's a concerted effort to push monetization. And so how can we make money off this? And so the something I've been really considering is how much that is a big factor in how people can get to your page to support you like mm-hmm. recently just recently they even came out with an option on instagram where you could favorite your friends and actually see mm-hmm. their posts and not see <laughs> other people i mean it's wild this just now came out but I, I think it gets at my point that just like there's a concerted effort by the media companies to only push people that can sell something to you and if you're not selling something, you know, in a way that like is agreeable to Instagram, they'll kind of shadow ban your content. They'll, you know, let you post it, but your friends won't see it. So there's these all all around background things. Um, but something that is ever present, regardless, even through time, history, social media, is that celebrity adds a layer of uh, like excitement or entombment mm-hmm. to what they come out with that just isn't there for people who are living their you know humble normal day-to-day lives 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think that um, I think it's also important for folks to understand that because the social media age is a lot more in our face, but celebrity and influencer culture has like always been there like brands way before Instagram, way before even the internet, like they would have these celebrity icons using their products, talking about their products, just it's, it's marketing at the end of the day. Like it gets your brand out there. Uh, people associate you with their brand. So like the celebrities that you rock with, you're already rooting for them. And so if you really want to be like LeBron James and you see LeBron drinking some Sprite in this commercial, listening to a song that you like, you might want some Sprite. You you go to the store, you're looking at 7-Up with Sprite. It's like, dang, well, LeBron drinks Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> am, I gonna, am I not going to drink Sprite? And so I think that algorithms and all that, it really, it really messes up what I like to use social media for when it comes to like seeing my friends post, especially when the algorithm ain't getting it right. Because if my thing is like, if you're going to show me non-stuff that ain't my friends, like at least show me some stuff that I don't follow that I actually like. Like That's the thing that TikTok <laughs> does well. I'm not going to hold you. Yeah. I was, I'll, hey, you can find my, my, my commentary on TikTok. I was a big hater. Big hater. Me too. Capital H. And then I got the app and I'm like, dang, well, at least when I'm on this one, they show me shit I actually get. Yeah, it's like I'll be watching a video I'm like, dang, I don't follow this page. This is exactly my sense of humor. This is exactly what I'm interested in. Yeah. And so I think recognizing again, because we're kind of getting at the functions, like the functionality mm -hmm. behind these things. And like something I've been really thinking about, uh, especially because of like Black August coming up. Um, and if folks don't know what Black August is, it's basically like a month of commemoration for um, political prisoners and freedom fighters of like the Black diaspora. And the basic tenets are, um, I believe it's study, um, train, uh, fight, and fast. It's not in that order, but it's basically those things. And one of the things I've been thinking about is like the difference between, you know, because one of the things I'm going to fast is making excuses, right? Mm. And so one of the things that I've been giving more thought to is what's the difference between a reason and an excuse? Because I think those lines get muddled and then it becomes easy for people to make the excuse. Oh, I ain't even, I wasn't even on my phone that day. I ain't even see that post from you that you was talking about for three weeks and posting previews for and multiple posts about. I didn't see it, even though I liked them. I liked the posts. And then it's like, well, are you just giving me an excuse to appease my feelings? Or are you giving me a reason you didn't watch it? Because I think it's different when it's like, hey, I don't like your content. It ain't really popping like that for me. But um, some things, it's just something that I, I'm just not going to see. You know what I'm saying? And like, I think that's a really empowering thing to do is to be radically honest. Because for one, that yeah. helps everybody. You don't, that person don't have to feel like they need to make an excuse as to why they didn't do it. And then that other person gets some valuable feedback as to how they could possibly improve they, what they're doing. So I think that's something that really comes to light whenever it's like, okay, especially as a person who makes music, like 
when there's these higher level celebrities that have millions of dollars behind their marketing, um, these big followings they have, um, like everybody knows, you know, when, you know, Beyonce or Drake is going to drop, like, it's cool. Like, I, I fully get yeah. that. It's the proportion. Cause it's like proportionally, like, it's not even like, <laughs> It's not even like there's an expectation of like every single person that fought. Cause I mean, I have a cool amount of people that follow me, but it if it was just 30% that had liked my post or something like that, it would be astronomically more than what it currently is. And it's just an interesting thing to me because it's like, what are you following me for? Cause that's where I come back to always. Cause like you could just unfollow me and we could be cool. Like, I don't have that association where social media means we are like gonna ride or die by this app. Like I fully care more about what somebody is doing in, in real life. Um, so that part is just interesting to me. It's just interesting. <clears throat> yeah, and you brought up a couple of good points. I think the main thing being or at least the thing that I really want to touch on was like what it would mean for not as big artists I don't know how, what I want to say like artists without the marketing budget like you mentioned like what it means if 30 percent of your followers like your post or give a retweet to your post um just because like at least for me when it comes down to it, it's like okay cool I don't even know if you listened to what the video was or read what the post was but you retweeting that automatically just expands the reach and expands the likelihood that my content lands on the ears or the eyes that are supposed to see it and it goes back to like you don't have to like it you don't have to engage with it necessarily it's great if you engage in it but it's more so to me it's just the acknowledgement of like the work that you're doing or the effort that you're putting in because I think that and we got into this a little bit a few episodes a few episodes ago when we were talking about support but it's hard to put out content as an artist especially when you're not seeing those immediate returns that immediate instant gratification you really have to come up with a lot of intrinsic motivation to release content put it out there knowing that you might only get five retweets on it, uh, might only get 100 listens on it but in order to get where you might want to go with your content, you have to be consistent and continually put it out there. And so that's why it means the world to me when like people retweet something or shout it out just because like at the end of the day, you don't have to. Like you said, you can unfollow me and all that is cool and whatnot. But the fact that you saw my tweet and decided to retweet it, decided to tag somebody and it's like, OK, cool. You also want to see me succeed. And that's what I really try to value in social media when it comes to my friends who are artists or creatives it's like cool like maybe i don't have the bread to support you right now but i want all my followers to also see the cool stuff that you're doing and hopefully one of them supports you as well because we'll get into it later about making social media work for us but we gotta we gotta be each other's hype people we gotta we gotta get the hype up and i said that i was gonna talk about beyonce on this podcast and it's like like you mentioned like I'm, I haven't listened to the Beyonce album yet. I'm sure it's a fantastic oh, album. Oh, it's 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 top tier. I yeah. <laughs> excellent chef's kiss on the music. Amazing. Hey, I, I expect absolutely nothing less. Um, and it, it's cool like seeing people enjoy the stuff that they enjoy, 
I would also like it to be cool to see like people faking the funk a little bit to enjoy some of like the content I'd be putting out there. And once again, that's not hating on Beyonce. Beyonce has worked hard. She deserves that. She is one of the most talented human beings to ever exist Queen on the B. face of this planet. Queen, Queen, Queen B. B for the reason. She should absolutely have everybody on social media talking about her album at the drop of a pin. But like we said, I, it's a 30% rule. I just want 30% of people that fuck with me to also like, hey, like y'all should tune into Natural Nonsense. Just, just something like. Yeah, because I think it goes back to, because I always ask people about balance because it's okay. Like it's it's never black or white. Like, oh, if I support Beyonce, I, I, I oh, I, they, look at Andre and Kyler. They, they oh, just because I listened to that album, and did, that's not what it's about. Is it in balance though? Like, are you balancing that out with people that are creating around you? Because we'll never overcome these systems of oppression if we only uplift the people who are um, kind of already there, if that makes sense. Like, because people also say at the same time, I, I know you've heard this a lot. Oh, people always talk about the same stuff on these podcasts or people making the same songs. Ain't nobody making no new songs or. Oh, I, I, was, I just was talking about people, uh, they keep remaking movies and remaking movies and not make, creating original stuff. Well, you know where that comes from. <laughs> people being just addicted to nostalgia and addicted yeah. to what came before that they can rely on and depend on. And like, I know what I'm going to get from this. I don't have to actually critically think about it or come into it with a different mindset i can just know that beyonce gonna come out with a fire song so then i don't have to think it's hard if people want to be honest about that and give that as a reason that's different than coming up with an excuse because <laughs> once you start getting into like oh well i i i, I didn't exactly you know i, I saw the beyonce thing because it was it's like okay that's fine but like we know of uh, like at least a handful of people that we just met in college that really make beautiful music and um like want to because I think at the same time people expect like okay I want the Drake outcomes or the Beyonce outcomes of like millions of dollars and blah blah blah, blah. honestly like if folks didn't know I'm not a capitalist so I care a lot more about if people actually like critically thought about what I said or what I made or especially like with the podcast and stuff like it would be nice to be able to like sustainably live and pay for my you know expenses off of something I creatively do but that's not a lot like why are people acting like that's a lot of money like why can't you make, I don't know, 65K a year and just be be the rapper? Because once you once you a rapper, oh, where your chain at? I think Vince Staples was talking about this. Once you a rapper, oh, you ain't got no bins though. Where's your Lambo? And it and it and it it kind of bastardizes the art into like the only way you can be considered like a rapper or a singer is if you fit the mold of the ones that are most popular. Like. So if you a singer, but you don't dress and look like 
the singers that are out, then you got to conform in order to get that higher exposure instead of us as a culture deciding what are we going to actually consume and support? Because that's what we're getting at here. It's not that we don't need a Beyonce and Drake, because again, Drake came out with so many just jams for a lifetime, a lifetime of jams that I'll never be able to do, never be able to create. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about literally like the balance of simultaneously complaining about everything sounding the same <laughs> or getting the same content that's pushed towards you via these monetization uh, platforms, meta, whatever. Why are we only getting these things pushed to us? Like, let's critically think about the algorithm a little bit and how can we, you know, like, actually support each other in a way that like honors our reality like reality is my biggest fans ain't gonna be my friends and that's cool like but I think I would think that we also look at you know because just getting into the next part about support I think for me I'll speak for myself like support is more like okay when I was having a hard time uh Kyler listen listen to me and heard me out and let me vent that still helps me as an artist that still supports me <laughs> that still makes sure that I can keep on doing what I need to do so for me it was like taking that step back and looking at like okay what what are people actually doing versus what I might be hoping they doing and have I communicated that to them you know what I'm saying because I think for the times where I've like hit up my group chats or DM people and was like, hey, I'm about to come out with this. It would really mean a lot if you could, you know, repost it when it came out. Every time I've done that, folks have, folks have retweeted it. Yeah. And I think that's uh, kind of what I wanted to bring up because I want to make sure that we're very action oriented to what we're saying too. And I think specificity is really important in the social media age when you're talking about support. Because like as much as like the digital world, the metaverse, all this fake social media stuff, like as much as you might see when somebody's posting something, that doesn't mean that it's on everybody's timeline. Uh, The algorithm works in different ways. People are scrolling at different times. Some people are mindlessly scrolling while they're in a Zoom meeting. Some people are really focused on scrolling through their timeline. And so, yeah, somebody might have posted something and they want to retweet. But as you mentioned, sometimes it takes to reach out to someone, uh, getting back to kind of one of our initial topics and be vulnerable and say like, hey, it would mean a lot to me if you just like put this on your story. You don't got to listen. You ain't got to like comment. Just put it on your story. And something very actionable and specific. I know at least talking to some of my friends helps people who are like, yeah, like I really don't be on social media or on my phone that intently. So I'll just miss some of this stuff unless someone specifically asks. And that's why I think when it comes to like the podcast or any of the podcasts I'm doing, I try to be very specific in the captions that I'm using and what the graphic looks like. Like now, like I'm asking you to comment below. I'm not just putting this and hoping people comment, but I'm asking people to comment below and I'll send the story. So if you were like, Hey, like I heard you like talk about this. You mind throwing that in the comments. It just helps a little bit because it helps with the algorithm when there's multiple comments or people are sharing it. So I think being very uh, specific with the ask when it comes to social media support is very important as well. Yeah, because like 
support me. <laughs> the first thing somebody going to ask is how. Yeah. And like, if I am passionate about this and it's something I care about and I think is important, it's also my responsibility to communicate that to people that I want to support me. It can't mm-hmm. be because, okay, so I took this, uh, it's, it's about equity, diversity, inclusion, international education. I got a cert- certification in that. Um, I didn't mean to flex that, but I'm just saying. I, Light flex. No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I actually, like, know what I'm talking about a little bit. But inclusion is more than just inviting people to the party. And that's what people do sometimes. They'll invite to the party, like, you know, them text invites we used to get where it would just be, like, text, invite, screenshot, address, like, this the Addy pull up, right? That's an invite to a party, but that's not asking somebody to dance. So asking somebody to dance is like, we at the party, hey, you want to dance? Or like, you, you want to like come take this shot? Or I mean, I don't mean something like that. I, I, we, we grow. Uh, or hey, we, we back here, we about to play beer pong or uh, we about to get on this karaoke machine. Like come, come be on my team. That's inclusion. And if we're not inclusive with how we are asking people to support, then it's not really, it's not really going to grow because some people have different abilities, different needs, different things that inhibit them from supporting in certain ways. So like, for example, like um, my mom, she's, she's disabled and like a lot of times growing up, like she couldn't get on the roller coaster with me at the, at the, uh, at the amusement parks and stuff like that and like she couldn't always walk around the whole time so we had to leave a little bit early um but I never thought my mom didn't support my fun she was there you know what I'm saying she paid for the tickets you know what I'm saying she made sure I had some little snacks you know a little snack money you know what I'm saying and like recognizing that hey like yes people get it on that physical part but on that mental part sometimes it's still a disconnect that everybody don't have all of the same mental abilities and mental energy that it does take to do something that is that simple because that person might not have washed their clothes all week they might not have ate a vegetable all week they might not have been drinking water all week so then asking them to do something else on top of that without kind of considering that um it kind of makes it a little challenging so just something to something to think about when it just comes to what it looks like um and like just going into the third part about making social media work for you, I think one of the biggest things that I kind of consider was something I learned in political science. And we're going to get into eventually a, you know, a episode about political science and cognitive science. Mm-hmm. But one of the things with political science that was one of the biggest takeaways is cost, right? Cost to voting. That was a whole section we had learned about. Like, cause people always ask, well, why don't people go vote? You just go to the place and you, you vote. And now they do mail-in ballots and all of this, like, why don't people vote? And then you start blaming the people oppressed for their oppression. And it's wild that people don't see that that's what they're doing, but that's what they're doing. But there's so many costs of voting. There's information costs. Information mm-hmm. costs mean, okay, 
how much time does it take to learn this information and make a, 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 a balanced and concise choice on it? That takes a lot of time. And then you have uh, the, the physical costs. Okay, I got to physically stand in line for how many hours, especially in places because folks in Cali kind of be a little bit... I don't think y'all really realize that other parts of the country is just not so easy to vote. <laughs> like people we have there's other parts of the country besides California. <laughs> Amazing, right? That considering a presidential election, and first off, in California, if you voting for a president, that's just for funsies because <laughs> but that's another conversation. <laughs> so, I'll, I'm sorry, I'm getting off on my little poly side tangents, but that's just for funsies because. <laughs> But anyway, um, so there's all of these costs that come from, come, come from voting that have nothing to do with actual money. And so when we looking at the currency of social media, like what are the costs to people consuming my content, right? So if my, if my music has a lot of references to the war on drugs, a lot of references to um, um, billionaire, billionaire exploitation, it has a lot of uh, references to colonization, right? That's an information cost to understanding my my music in a way, right? But with that, I also create content where I define words. Yeah. So simultaneously, while you're listening to my music, you can also go to my page and find a definition for the words I'm using in my songs, lowering your information cost so that you can actually interact with my music in a different way. And so that's just something that I think I personally do to not, cause they tell you like, oh, on social media, you're supposed to just do one thing and one thing only, and that's how you get all the traction. Yes, if I want it to be a one person only type nigga and that ain't me, like no matter what comes of this, I'm not gonna be a one person type. Like I just am not like, I have a polymathic mind and I have to explore that. But that's a strength of mine because I'm able to see from a lot of different angles because I'm interested in farming and gardening. There's an angle to that where I can explain all of these different isms and things in my music. Um, if I'm talking about things that are political education, I can talk about that in my music, but I can also educate it about it. And it kind of all feeds into each other. So finding ways to make your media feed into itself. If you're selling something, you're also selling you. Like, so if all I'm seeing on your page, I'm not learning about why, what you want. I think, because uh, we're going to get into Cool Beans and we're going to get into the highlight. But Dina Bears does amazing job. Phenomenal. One of the best I've seen on the apps, honestly, of just actually giving you why they're actually doing it and not just like, oh, thanks for that sale. I don't, as much money, uh, they could charge however much for them, <laughs> them bears, but the actual stories is something that I know actually moves the needle because people connect with that. And I, I don't see that enough as much as I see like, other things so but i'm gonna I'm get a floor to you to kind of like talk about it <laughs> no i had to let you iso for it but you dropped some gems in there uh, i'll touch on making social media work for you a couple quick points and i'll get into our new cool bean segment um the first thing i want to say for making social media work for you this is something that 
I had ended up doing like uh, probably like towards the end of 2020 when we was real thick in the pandemic where it was like uh, um but I had to change who I followed I literally made a new Twitter and started following stuff that was going to be more positive rejuvenating for my mental health because I think so often we hear like social media is toxic yada 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 like get off social media and yes and because I feel like social media can also be very beneficial too when it comes to connecting with people when it comes to enriching your experiences so a lot of people listen to this know probably almost everybody listening to this know that I did poetry do poetry um, but I decided I wanted to look more into screenwriting instead of poetry and so part of when I was creating my new timeline on Twitter and who I was following, I followed a bunch of Black screenwriters, like Black writing groups, like Black screenwriters, screenwriters to the films that I really enjoy. So now, like, when I'm mindlessly scrolling through Twitter, I'm seeing what this person who screen wrote for Get Out is talking about right now. Like, what are they up to? What are they listening to? What are they talking about? What articles are they reading? So now social media isn't just this mindless thing, but it's also very educational to where I'll come across an article or two that I'm learning a lot just passively by scrolling through uh, social media. So I think that's action item number one for me is just making sure that whoever you're following is doing something for you rather than just giving you memes and videos, which there's nothing wrong with just having memes and videos on your timeline either. No. I just wanted to also have some other stuff on my timeline as well. Yes, yeah, balance. Everything comes back to balance. And then the other point I wanted to make was getting back into the support thing and just how much goes into being a creative and creating content. And this will kind of segue into the Cool Beans segment too. But I think that people underestimate how much a retweet or like a repost can mean for someone who's really out here grinding like really hard because more than anything, what I see a retweet or a like or a share as it's like, I see you out here. Like, I see that you're hustling hard. Like uh, the homie Jada, Black Beauty near you. Like, I'll see like she's posting about these boxes, trying to get the word out. Let me retweet that. It's no information cost to retweeting it. Uh, it's taking a millisecond of my time to just press that retweet button real quick. But I know her journey. I know how much that she's put into that business and how much she wants that business to succeed. So it's like, let me just show you that I hear you or just send a text message to someone doing some cool stuff. Like, oh, I see you posting about like your new song all the time. I gave it a listen and it's really dope. I added it to this playlist that can make an artist day like, dang, like you really that, like it, it makes my day all the time. People be like they'll take the they'll take the picture of their car. And my my yeah. like, my name is on the thing and it's like the song and it's like halfway through and they list it. I'm like, dang, they really actually like yeah. listen to it in the whip. And like honestly, like it costs so much money to create. It costs a lot of money to create music, especially especially doing it, you know, as it should be. I feel like it costs a lot of money, but I, if I never get that money back, and I just get those little like posts of just like like I listen to it and I'm I'm really bumping this. Look at me smiling yeah. right now. Like that's the yeah. that's the that's what it is. It's solid. Like sometimes I'll see somebody like put a picture of like a page out of one of my books of a poem they really like, like all that little stuff matters. And I think that's the last thing I wanted to say was just um, make it part of your everyday life, like make it 
very easy for you to support people. Like I have a playlist that I frequently play when I'm driving around and any of my friends that have a song, like y'all songs are in that playlist. And it doubles for me because I get to like passively learn more of y'all's lyrics and understand which of y'all songs are my favorites. And then also somebody riding in a whip, they like, oh, dang, like, what's this? I'm like, oh, this the homie. This 1K. You ain't heard 1K? You got to download this. It's on Apple Music. It's on Spotify. Like, oh, you ain't heard Jeff Devante? Like, let me put you on. Like, a loss of my own distraction. You, you got to gotta give it a listen. A classic, man. It's a classic. And that's where, like, I just, I really appreciate whenever I can validate that in my friends. And I see my friends validate that in myself because it's been a rough couple of years for a lot of people. Like uh, everybody on this planet damn near um, has had a rough couple of years. So if you having a bad day, if you having a rough day at work, but you open up Instagram and you hear like Sandman playing in the background of me, like in a workout video or something like that's dope. That's love. Yeah. And like, I think too, it, it's like, it, it like continues to fuel the process and like, will simultaneously like and I'll I'll admit to it too like I'm not perfect but will simultaneously like because it going kind of wrapping back around the celebrity like until someone's celebrity then it's like this energy but it's it's like you could just do that now and then they wouldn't have to go because then it's like oh well why did they sign that record deal they're stupid for that haha <laughs> Look at me. I have facts and I'm smart. But they would have never kill me. I'm just saying it's a no, it's just the voices help me cope, I feel like. But it's so annoying to hear because it's like you're faced with an impossible choice. Pursue my passion that gives me life and makes me feel like life's worth living, or go work at some job that I can't stand. And people will say, oh, you should Beyonce's whole thing, quit your job. I think that's a whole thing in the songs, right? But then simultaneously, when it's somebody they know is thinking like that, oh, you might not want to do that. <laughs> what? What are we talking about at this point? And so just let's just bring it into balance. Bring it into balance, folks. Like, and be be honest. Like be honest and know the difference between a reason and an excuse because. It is a difference, and it's not about being judging. Like, don't judge yourself. Don't take it as an attack. But, like, there is a clear and distinct difference, and that accountability piece is what you're talking about of just, like, if we all know that we're all going through a hard time, throw glitter, not shade. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Put some positive throw, – throw out the positive energy into there because there's enough negativity. Like, there's – plenty for a lifetime that i've learned over the past couple like the ocean was on fire sometime in 2020 you remember that like there was an ocean fire and people act like they can't be positive for five minutes and say what's good like no no i'm not i'm not going for it not going for it at all which is a beautiful segue throw glitter not shade that's the ucsd isms of the podcast uh, <laughs> The community guidelines has some gems. Like, I don't know if they was all bars, but they were some gems. Look, throw glitter, not shade. I statements, I statements, life change. That we can probably talk about a whole podcast on I statements, but 
that changed my life fundamentally once I started using ice stevens. That one and then the Elmo one, enough, let's move on. That's my favorite because sometimes, <laughs> but I'm going to Elmo us into the cool beans section of the podcast. So uh, I think we've stated this on a podcast earlier episode, but this podcast, once upon a time, was about to be the beans podcast. Like we were trying to think of an acronym for it. Um, and just randomly, I thought of a cool bean segment. And right now, acronym subject to change. But for now, it's Black Entrepreneurs and Artists Need Spotlights. I want to end every podcast episode talking about like a Black business, a Black entrepreneur, uh, just someone we know who's Black and just doing a thing. And so this week, you heard Andre allude to it earlier, uh, but we're going to be talking about Bina Bears, um, stealing from the about page of BinaBears.com. Uh, Bina Bear's mission is to handcraft celebration bears that provide healing to those who have experienced loss, share heartfelt stories, and bring actionable awareness to various social causes. Uh, I personally have a couple of Bina Bears, and what she does is she takes fabrics from loved ones or just fabrics that have like some type of symbolic meaning and crafts these beautiful bears. I think she also has some Bina keychains now. And most importantly, like what Andre was talking about earlier is storytelling. If you follow uh, Bina Bears on Instagram at bina.bear underscore, uh, you'll see the stories of folks who have bought Bina Bears and their stories of loss, their stories of love. And it's just really powerful because one, through like her reels and her videos, you're seeing just how much love and effort she puts into the bears that she's making. But then you also get to hear about this very touching story about someone, a stranger that you don't know and just like what they're going through or what love they're experiencing. And I think it's really magical because yeah, you're spending X amount of dollars on a, a stuffed bear, but that bear means like so much more than just being a stuffed bear. There's intentionality put into it. Uh, there's a story to tell. And so just want to highlight Bina Bears because the people who know about Bina Bears, if you know, you know, and Bina Bears is high and it's only it's only up from here for being a bear. So definitely want to shout out being a bears. Yeah. And again, like to there's a lot of competitors to this, but the thing that they'll never be able to do at those bigger places that I'm not even gonna name the names or you can get a bear. Um there's no connection to the actual causes in the community and like where people are actually coming from and the in the way that it's all customizable like it's a one-of-one you know what i'm saying like so just making sure that y'all tap in with bina bears um excellent friend excellent person that has a true mission to change the way we breathe you know what i'm saying i think um there's a different level of uh association when it's like tangible fabric like I think that's something that's different in the social media age is that things just aren't as tangible and being able to have that is something that I think we all need especially going forward so for real tap in with being a bears tap all the way in and this is not a paid advertisement I want to make sure that's very clear we literally started this podcast as like, who are we going to highlight? And we chose Bina Bears. We are receiving no money from Bina Bears, nor do we want money from Bina Bears for this advertisement. Just follow and tap in. Yeah. That's it. Because, hey, <laughs> we got to walk it and talk it. You know what I'm saying? Walk it like I talk it. 
Uh, but that concludes this week's episode of Natural Nonsense Podcast. As we mentioned earlier, be sure to head on over to our social media channels at Nat Nonsense Pod. Uh, check out the polls we put up for these animal nominations. Leave us a voice memo. Uh, for our video listeners, you can check us out on YouTube and subscribe there. And if you don't want to leave your voice in a voice memo, we can. I'm happy talking with Hyphy Doc every week. So if we we got the support, but we always love additional takes on our podcast. Maybe you don't want to hear your voice on a podcast. Just slide us a DM like, hey, I want y'all to talk about this. People have already been doing this. So hop on that train. Let us know what y'all want to hear. I know this episode is a little longer than the ones that we have done, but hey, we'd be having stuff to talk about and we appreciate y'all listening. We appreciate the follows, the shares, the likes, all that. And we're going to figure the social media thing out. But until then, we will catch y'all next time. All right, then, y'all. Peace.